everybody. Welcome to Rachel's Reviews. I'm so excited today. We have another episode of our female film critics speak out panel. And this is something, this is our fourth episode where I bring in uh, content creators and film critics uh, that uh, that are friends of mine or that I've gotten to enjoy their work. And I'm so excited to get to talk to them and hear about their experiences. And uh, so today I have a very special panel and I'll start with uh, Jess Lambert is here. Hi. Yes, and Wendy Lizani is here. Hi everyone. Yes, and Courtney Howard is here. Hi everybody. Yes, so exciting to have you all with us. And what I'd like for each of you to do is start out and uh, introduce uh, our audience to yourself and tell us how you became a YouTuber or critic. Uh, and um, so Jess, why don't you start? Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm Jess and I have a YouTube channel uh, with a series where I'm watching every Disney movie ever made. I started in 2016. I decided I wanted to watch every Disney movie ever. And uh, my mother actually said, well, why don't you document the process on YouTube? And I thought that was an awesome idea. And here we are four years later, 400 oh movies gosh. later, still going strong. <laughs> Amazing. So where are you at now? I'm in, in 1997. Timeline? It is a rough time. <laughs> <laughs> Wait till you get to the 2000s. No, Woo. I just watched Rocket Man and I am upset. It's so <laughs> terrible. <laughs> Rocket Man. Uh, oh, I was thinking Rocketeer. Rocket no, Rocketeer is okay. Yeah, Rocket Man is good. Harland Williams. Bunch of oh, Martian dear. fart jokes. It's really bad. Yeah, and you're watching all the cheap goals too, right? Oh, yes. Like Hunchback of Notre Dame 2 and stuff like that? Yeah, I haven't gotten there. Um, the, I think they've only done... I, I don't know if I've watched a... I watched Rescuers Down Under, but that's not a... Yeah, that yeah, doesn't count. Yeah, I think, I think Return of Jafar has got to be coming up. Return of Jafar, soon. those are the ones I've watched. Aladdin, Return of Jafar, and yeah. uh, Aladdin, King of Thieves are the two. Oh my gosh! Yeah, you're a trooper there. Uh, what about you, Wendy Lee? Uh, I also have a YouTube channel that I run with my husband, and we talk about movies, we talk about TV shows, we do a lot of trailer reactions and reviews on there, and a couple of other non-movie related things just to mix it up. And you may have also seen me on Collider. I was most recently on Nerdist News Talks Back, and uh, on a, on season one and season three of You Know That Scene by Focus Features. Mm -hmm. So how did you end up uh, in sort of movie movie punditry, movie talk? Uh, space. Uh, were you were you originally planning on on becoming an actress, or, you, or what was your sort of your career trajectory? You know that TikTok where they kind of like do the word and then they point down and it's kind of like a straight line. It's like this is the direction and the route you'll go, and then the <laughs> other one it's kind of like this is the direction to this goal, but you're gonna go like this. Yeah, uh, right. that's me. I came out to LA from Florida um, with the intent to be in the entertainment industry, mostly being an actor, being on camera. And it just kind of being in LA really opened my eyes to there's more ways than being an actor to be a part of the entertainment industry. There is scripted, there's unscripted, there's film critics, there's film reviewers, there's YouTube, so you can be a content creator. And I just kind of looked at it and I said, yes, okay. So I've always been partial to movies. I, I love film, I love theater. So it was kind of natural, like that was just my thing, like love going to movies with friends, with family and my husband and I love movies. And at the time he was, this is gosh, like 2015, 2014, maybe, or even earlier. Um, and he was obsessed with AMC Movie Talk, which then later evolved into Collider Movie Talk. And they actually had a position open just to be, do like just minimal stuff like it was not on camera the the position never promised to be on camera and he's like you should apply and i was like all right and i humored him and i did it and i think it was four or five interviews later because i had to go and meet various people on the team as well um, because of scheduling so it was just a lot of interviews um ended up getting the job and just kind of evolved and then you know he got to be involved in more behind the scenes stuff as well as in front of the camera stuff and that kind of, um, and before that, and I, I always forget to mention this, we were inspired to start our own YouTube channel because of the movie news show. Um, we found that really interesting that, that at the time just people would, you know, 
be on YouTube and talk about movies. And then we're like, well, why don't we try it? We're passionate about movies. So we just kind of tried it and the channel has evolved with us and it's still, it's still well, you know, as we yeah. continue with it. That's great. That's great. Well, Courtney, what about you? Uh, how did you become a film critic? Um, I started sort of in a roundabout way. I've always loved movies. I always watched them since I was little. The first movie that I really remember loving is E.T. Mm -hmm. And um, sort of probably around high school, I thought I wanted to be a director and be on the production side. And so I went to school. I did, uh, I went to film school and I thought I was going to do, I sort of transferred my dreams into maybe assistant directing, which is more producerial stuff, more scheduling, very less glamorous and creative than like being a director. And, uh, and then I started to realize that's a lot of time and hours and effort spent into uh, production work and uh, I would have no life. And um, so I started was like, I don't really think I want to do that. And I was bouncing around between sort of assistant uh, work here and there. I had interned at a production company for Deborah Hill for a while and sort of got to see how a producer works. Um, so and I had studied film theory in college, too. So I have all of that background. And along the way, uh, like I was doing random assistant work in like a mergers and acquisitions firm and also an editing firm. And all along the way, people were telling me, you should really write about movies. You talk so eloquent, like you might not be able to tell now, but you talk so eloquently about movies and uh, we're interested in what you're talking about. And so I was like, eh, I don't really want to do that. Like this was at the beginning of the whole blogosphere, like, you know, for showing and ain't it cool and all that stuff. And I was like, oh, I don't really want to do that sort of thing. And probably it wasn't until like many years later where um, when I joined Twitter and the one good thing that's come out of Twitter, um, an editor from a site had started following me and he said, I really like your voice online. I think you should write about film. And I was sort of caught up in this year of saying yes to things and sort of taking on more of an adventure. And I was like, okay, I'll try it for a year. And if I don't like it, then, you know, I can just move on. And I really liked it. And I started out just writing news sort of features and then, you know, transitioning into film criticism. And, uh, you know, it just sort of snowballed from there. And that site is now defunct, but as are a few sites that I used to write for, but, um, but it's been fun. And I really, I've learned a lot. Um, I love, I still love movies, still love talking about movies. Uh, I now write for uh, freshfiction.tv and I'm a freelancer. So I've been freelancing for Variety, which has been really great. Um, and sort of feel like I found my community of people who love cinema and love talking about cinema and the power of it and everything. So that's great. That's a great story. <laughs> and that's like my dream. Someone find me on Twitter. And uh, <laughs> that's a freelancer's dream. That's great. I love yeah. that. Uh, well, so what I want to ask each of you is, uh, starting with Jess, what do you think that women add to the world of criticism and YouTube? Uh, and why do you think our perspective is necessary? Okay. Uh, <laughs> I think it's incredibly important to have different viewpoints, period. Like, through anything, like film, cinema aside, in any aspect of life, I think to have different viewpoints and ideas and contributions from women, men, different races, different cultures, I think is in incredibly important. That's what I, so, and bringing it into film, film is such a collaborative process. And I also went to film school and wanted to be a director. So what I loved so much about it was I might not have the best idea. I can have a driving force, but someone might come up to me and be like, well, what if you did this? And I'd be like, I didn't even think of that. Like, this is why having different voices and different people that can contribute is such a big deal. So then bringing it into film criticism, if you only have one certain kind of person reviewing films, there's only going to be one opinion and that's going to shape the films that are being made. So if you only have 
straight white men reviewing films. What they like is what's going to get made, where if you start bringing in more diverse voices, they're going to have ideas and opinions that will influence what we see, and that's going to influence people and help shape their opinions and open their minds. So I think it's incredibly important that we have female film critics of all walks of life, age, race, all of it, because they will help shape what gets shown to younger generations so they can have a more well-rounded view of everything. Yeah, I agree. What do you, what do you think, Winnie Lee, about that? I, I mean, I think Jess said it perfectly. And just to add on, I think also what's important is different, different experiences. So for a lot of people, film is entertainment and it's also escape. It's also a way to kind of see somehow this particular story, how you connect to it because you walk the same path or it's parallel to you. And that's why it's important to have so many different voices in film because you can have one person that's never lived this uh, you know, specific story. And you can have the next critic say, I have lived through exactly that. I know what is inside that character's head. And it just resonates with them more. And that review, when they say it, it, they're speaking from their heart because they're also speaking as a part of their experience. And there's a lot of things that women experience that men can't experience because, well, they're not women. So, you know, they don't have certain parts and certain experiences that we have growing up and vice versa. And I think that's why it's so important to continue to diversify. And I think every voice is important and, and also age. Like I, I feel like for a while I thought like, okay, maybe you had to be a certain age, age to be a film critic because of experience, but why aren't younger people also allowed to speak about film? So I think mm-hmm. we're starting to see that more and more and more. And I love seeing it whenever I find a new reviewer, I'm like, yes. Yeah. And I think that, that it's important to have people be able to see, have, have young people be able to see that, oh, somebody processes things the same way that I do. Somebody thinks about these things. And I, I mean, I remember watching Siskel Niebuhr as a kid and being like, oh, somebody else kind of thinks about film the way that I think about film and the way that I want to discuss about it. Cause my parents weren't really movie persons. My, my parents uh, encouraged discussion about things that, that we watched, but, but um, uh, I think seeing women articulate what they like and don't like about film, I think is powerful and it helps those, those young women who are, kind of like, does anybody else do this? Does anyone else have this kind of need for critical analysis? And then they, they read it and they see it and they think, okay, I get it. Somebody else understands. Uh, would you agree, uh, Courtney? Yeah, I mean, everything what, what Jess and Wendy Lee have said is true. I mean, it's all about insight. And I think we have as much valid insight as the straight white male critic or any, or you know, any other sort of like gender uh, or race or whatever. Um, I think every everybody's, like Wendy Lee was saying, everybody's viewpoint is valid. And I, I love reading other people's work to find out what they think about something or how they, how their worldview is different than mine or how like, you know, for instance, Mulan, like there were a lot of things that I didn't pick up on reading other people's reviews. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, that's amazing. Like, I didn't pick up on that, but I love how this person articulated what things they didn't like about this movie or did like about this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we all have valid insights into it. And I think it's much like film criticism isn't homogenous. Like it shouldn't be homogenous. It really does need to be diversified. And like, if we only have one voice guiding the conversation, God, what a boring world that is. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Wendy, since you do your reviews with your husband, how is that like? Do you find that you typically agree on a film or do you do you disagree a lot? And what's that like when you do disagree? It's actually really interesting. So it depends because we're very similar. So there's a lot of things that we agree on, but there's other things that well, we'll take Lion King for an example, because that's the, the one that we really are. We're on opposite uh, ends of the film. So the, and I'm talking about Lion King, the live action. Right, right. <laughs> the real, yeah. realistic version of it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> exactly, Jess. Um, I have so, strong opinions. <laughs> <laughs> so I went into this movie wanting to see literally 
a shot by shot replica of the animated because I loved it so much and that's what I got and I was okay with it. And he didn't agree with it because he said, well, this is, you know, the live action. Why didn't they do something? And I know they made little tiny tweaks here and there, but for the most part, it is, um, you know, very much like a mirrored image of the animated uh, all the way down to even somehow the lines were performed, even though they're performed by different people. Uh, so we just had a nice, it never gets heated because we are at the end of the day talking about a movie. Movies are fun. Movies are entertainment. Movies are an escape. But it's also always so fun when we do disagree where he'll point out a couple of things that I didn't really think about. And it makes you go, huh. And then all of a sudden our video is like 20 minutes long and I'm, th I'm sitting in edit thinking how I can cut this down because nobody's going to watch a 20 minute review on the live action Lion King for 20 minutes. But that's always the best part about having counter opinions that you can one, respect each other for, you know, having opposite views. And two, it opens up so much more discussion. And then that kind of lets the audience know when you're having a nice discussion going, oh, I can talk about this movie without jumping over each other and, and, and all that stuff. So I actually enjoy it more when we have opposing reviews of movies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that would be a very interesting experience. But I mean, I think it shows maybe a strong, strong marriage that uh, <laughs> you, can, you can have those kind of discussions and, and, you know, and, and it's fine. Like, that's good. You should support each other. Uh, but, uh, and Courtney, I think you're married, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I, I don't, my husband and I don't agree a lot on movies. Like, <laughs> I like really, really weird shit. And like, can I swear on this? <laughs> no. I just did. Yeah, yeah, um, you're fine. <laughs> so I like really weird stuff, like esoteric stuff, like really like sort of not non-narrative type things. And he's very much about structure and regimen and he's a screenwriter so that's where he's coming from so he likes a lot of structure to things but you know of course he does like innovation and things but um but there's a lot of things we don't agree on and like Wendy Lee was saying it makes it more interesting to hear his perspective um and mix mixed with mine but you know of course I just write from my perspective mm -hmm. um and sort of address some of the issues or whatever to start thinking about things in a different way but there's a lot of stuff we don't agree on like I love the movie drive my husband hates the movie drive yeah. like really hates it <laughs> I don't know how we're still married but we are <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my my friend Jen is kind of my movie spouse, and we we uh, we go to all the screenings together, and uh, and yeah, I we would have these great discussions together. After particularly, I remember um, uh, Long Shot. I think that's what it was called. The one with Charlie's Throne. Mm -hmm. uh, that was one that we hashed it out after what we thought about different things. And, and, uh, and just recently with words on bathroom walls, uh, we, 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 it was the first time we had been back in the theater for a movie, for a new movie like that. And, uh, and, we had one of our our hash out sessions after the movie. And I was just like, I missed this so much. <laughs> Ah, and uh and so it felt so good to be back uh but yeah no i love that because she pushes me i think to be sometimes more confident in my opinion because uh, i'll be like i don't know there were some good things i liked that and she's like i don't know what do you really think what do you think <laughs> which i i really i appreciate a lot because i think those conversations are good to have with our colleagues yeah uh, and I do miss that after movies, not, you know, mm -hmm. not just standing around after and, you know, kibitzing about the movie, but just like, you know, I, I usually carpool with a friend of mine and we have conversations in the car on the way home. And, you know, sometimes he doesn't like the stuff, uh, you know, we're pointing out things to each other and it's like, I miss, I miss that. I miss mm -hmm. having that like repartee mm -hmm. with our colleagues and talking about films in that sort yeah. of heightened way. Yeah. So just how, how have you handled this whole quarantine experience? How has that impacted you? And, and uh, have you been binge watching uh, anything or uh, what's that been like? <laughs> um, it's, you know, different. I'm, I'm, I feel very lucky that like my main thing that I do, I do from home. So it didn't really affect that, which I, I know there have been so many people affected severely by it so i feel very lucky that my youtube channel is obviously from my house so like yeah it hasn't changed or been affected in any way 
but um my brother is like my movie spouse which sounds weird because it's my brother so let's maybe not do spouse (laughs) but we go that's like the only thing my brother will do my brother goes out to movies like he (laughs) doesn't like doing anything else so not having like to be able to go to the movie theater and everything because we have very few movie theaters open um in the northwest suburbs of chicago and so we really haven't been to a movie since i think the last movie we saw in theaters was onward we saw onward and just before that birds of prey so we haven't been in the movie theater since and i know he's dying because it's like the only thing he really likes doing and it's been weird because like he he works from home as well so but he's a writer he's a sports writer so um he hasn't really watched a lot of movies because really going to the theaters is like how he does that he doesn't really sit down and watch movies at home where i'm like let's watch things let's sit down (laughs) so i watch you know i'm watching my disney movies but then i'll be like okay what should i watch now like yesterday i felt i just watched the martian because i just felt like it but as far as binging, I like I went back and watched like a bunch of old stuff. Like my cousin really wanted to watch Bones with me. No, thank you. It was fine. <laughs> we made it to season seven, and then I was like, "Okay, I'm done. That's yeah. it. I How can't many do twelve." Did they these. have? I think twelve. Oh my wow. gosh! And then um, I don't. I know I've binged yeah. other things, but it's definitely been diff like different but then like not different i had another part-time job that i have not been to since march because it's just not reopening obviously and then you know Mm -hmm. the youtube stuff has been normal so it's like a very polarizing experience well well, you were lucky because you kind of had you're doing archival reviews in your channel um i think i i have you had wendy lee have you had to kind of pivot and find new stuff to sort of review that you wouldn't have normally reviewed oh, uh, on Netflix. And, yeah. yeah. We pivoted, we pivoted hard because I went from, and probably the same as Courtney is I, we went from, you know, getting like maybe two screenings a week where you get to, you know, like after work, you're like beating that LA rush hour to get to yeah. where whatever theater and you sit down and then you like stand around the lobby, discuss the movie. And you're like, well, I gotta go. I gotta go talk about this in front of a camera and then upload it and schedule a Ford embargo date and time. And that's because there's not many movies showing with, with uh, not counting the ones that are streaming and available on PBOD. Um, it, it, it was a hardcore pivot where I was just kind of like, okay, then we do streaming stuff. Then we visit retro stuff. So we did some retro trailer reviews where we would ask our viewers like, hey, what like really old trailers would you like us to kind of watch and like talk about? We did Snow White, we did Mighty Ducks, we did, oh my gosh, I can't even remember, but it was, it's been fun doing those. And then once streaming started to pick back up, you know, with Disney Plus and Netflix and Amazon, um, it's, it's really helped. The only thing with streaming is that it's very hard to keep up. Like you have to almost force yourself to make a schedule so you can watch, okay, today, Lovecraft Country, tomorrow, The Boys, the next day, this. And then when you're talking, you're kind of like, but this storyline is, oh no, that's The Boys. That's the other show. Let me pivot back to this. (laughs) And so like, I don't typically take notes when I'm doing, you know, I just like want to be in the moment. For TV shows, I'm having to like write yeah. down like key points just in case I mix it up in different color pens. So that's kind of something that's a little bit more different because we, I would say we're more movie focused, but because of the pandemic, we kind of pivoted to TV, which I love. Like I've always yeah. enjoyed TV. I just don't usually review TV as often, but now we do. Yeah, TV is a lot, a lot more challenging. And yeah, even for Hallmarkies podcast, uh, I've we've had to kind of pivot and be a little more creative uh, because there just haven't been as many as our typical output for Hallmark. I mean, they're they're supposedly making forty movies for Christmas. I don't know how that's happening, wow. but but for the for for the um, summer and uh, and even into September, like we're this week we are posting uh, the review of all five versions of Parent Trap, which probably just is the only person so to sorry. know. <laughs> that there are five versions of Parent Trap. Oh my God, two is the worst. Two is the worst. <laughs> two is really bad. But I don't know, four. 
is really bad the hawaiian hawaiian honeymoon four is bad but two like there are grown adults pulling a pair like come on that's grody that's the person your person like your twin is gonna end up with and it's so funny because in parent trap 2 they just he's been dating susan and then it's just like oh it's actually sharon and i'm gonna fall in love with sharon now like i'm like that's not how twins work like they're different humans like you can't just like two is oh i've been in love with one oh now I'm going to be in love with the other. <laughs> I hate two so much. It's so bad. Three isn't too bad. And four is just... Four is... Four bad. is whatever four is. <laughs> At least it's not gross like But it, it was really fun, though. And uh, so it has, you know, kind of forced all of us out of our comfort zone a little bit and doing trying to be more creative. I am um, later on in the month, I'm going to be doing an episode on K-dramas um yes which ones over uh it's uh, it's on netflix it's the book is something about a book uh forget but anyway with my friends at k-pop converters that are youtubers and so just trying to kind of branch out and uh do more creative things and so then that way it's been fun um i don't know have you felt courtney about kind of reviewing more streaming stuff and and uh, all of the i don't know just the changes the last couple of months um it's been a little different it's definitely slowed down a lot uh work level wise and i'm sort of torn between this like i don't know about you how you guys feel but i feel guilty having like not really time off, but time to think about things of like, what can I do next? And like, or should I just like relax and have this time to myself and sort of like save it up? Cause I know I'm going to be busy once this town starts getting going again. And then I'm going to be freaking exhausted and never see my husband at nighttime for like five nights in a row. Um, I need to just relax and like live in this moment. So that's more of the stuff I've been struggling with, more of the esoteric stuff, not really the content output because it sort of is what it is. Um, But it is hard to keep up with that because there's so much that's streaming now. I'm not really doing TV stuff. I mean, I'm watching television. Like I'm watching Lovecraft Country and and the um, the sex cult documentary on HBO, The Vow. That's really mm-hmm. good. Um, but I'm not writing about that stuff. Um, that's sort of just the TV stuff is my me time. Mm-hmm. Um, sounds so old when I say me time. I should have like Dove chocolates and eat them at the same time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> But uh, but it's hard to keep up with all the streaming because there's so much that's always being put out by Netflix, by Prime Video, from like from all the different streamers, HBO Max, and sort of keeping up with that is kind of difficult. But my editors are pretty good where they're not like demanding this stuff or anything like that. There's also like New York, Fil- a lot of the film festivals are going virtual. And mm-hmm. um, so I think that's also changing uh how like i'm getting my freelance assignments and or not getting my freelance assignments um so that's sort of i mean it's just different so i'm trying to more enjoy the time off Mm -hmm. versus like stress about oh i've got to get all this stuff but i also don't own the sites that i'm writing for so i'm sort of at a different place than everybody else is well, it's weird because I feel like I've actually had um, less time because I've been covering some television, like the Babysitter's Club um, or, or series, um, things like that. Um, and uh, But then also the kind of rat race that you have to do of trying to find the screeners and talk to the right person who, who because uh, it's not enough just to be in the media press uh, approved uh, for Netflix or Apple TV or whatever it might be, but you have to... Uh, you have to know the right person. So the email, the right person to give you the screener link. And oh, that is, I'm, I'm so sick of it. <laughs> so tired of it. I, I think mean, in different, like, this might be so inside baseball, but in like different markets, it's easier for people to get access to things just because they only have to go through like one agency. Mm-hmm. But in LA and New York, you have to go through each individual boutique agency. So for us, it's like no different. Um, so like chasing down those screeners is always a detective hunt. And you also, like you were saying, you have to say the right words to the right person, the right code. Uh, and then some people just won't give it to you, but then you'll see your colleagues getting those things and you're like, well, yes. I, 
I did <laughs> I did my due diligence. I did all I can. So yeah. Whatevs. Uh, and in the Netflix, the K-drama is Romance is a Bonus Book, by the way. That's the one we're covering. Ooh. So. <laughs> I've only Stranger watched one episode Stranger came out so with far. new episodes, and I am so ecstatic about yeah. it. Like it's... Yeah. I mean, that's the thing now is there's, it, well, it, there's always been just so much content that uh, that it's impossible to cover everything. But now it's like so much streaming content and uh, and... Uh, you know even just like in the world of sort of romantic comedies and uh and hallmark movies you know that i kind of cover it's it's just amazing how much there is out there <laughs> to talk about i i mean i i think about like growing up w- growing up in the 80s way back in the day um that we had in in the world of animation there's years in the 80s where there wasn't a single animated film released zero and it's hard to even wrap your brain around that, that that could be the case. Whereas we regularly have over 30 mainstream animated films released uh, the, in the, uh, or at least relatively mainstream released uh, films when you consider anime and you consider, I mean, it's just amazing. I mean, you'll have like 2016, there were two Disney films in one year released. And it's just uh, we frequently have two Pixar films. It's just, uh, there's so much content out there for everybody. And I feel like every demographic has their shows and their movies that are made for them. And uh, it's it's pretty uh, pretty crazy to kind of dive into it. And But one thing I like to do in these series is to talk about unpopular opinions. So I asked uh, uh, each of you to kind of have in mind a review (laughs) that you did that was not popular and how that, what that experience was like, if you got any trolling, um, how you dealt with that. Um, Jess, what, what did you have in mind? Okay. So um, as you said, I'm like kind of doing retroactively so mm-hmm. i'm not doing all these like new movies as they're coming out i have done old movies so um my most disliked review is for a movie called nikki wild dog of the north what is that <laughs> and um it's just it's about like a huskyish wolf type dog yeah. who basically just like gets abused the entire movie and like they're you know um, I didn't like it. I didn't like the movie, and I kind of went hard on it. Like uh-huh. I pretty much bashed the movie into the ground, and oh, do people There's who stand Mickey huh? Wild Dog in the North hate How me can for you it? Stand for like violence against animals this is what i'm saying so they just like they think there's was like a bigger and i i'm thinking of going back and watching the movie now because it's been like four years since i watched that movie and seeing if like i was too hard on it um but i get there was one person who commented on this video throughout the day and like kept editing their comment like eight times or something and like it was the same comment they just like kept editing it and i get notified every time they do this and i was just like i'm sorry like why <laughs> like that's i was just my opinion i don't like the movie i hated yeah. watching the dog get beat like <laughs> um so i definitely have a lot of people like it has so many dislikes i have a ton of people comment on that being That's like you're so stupid this is like there's so much more to this movie and just it's a heavy it, uh heavy unpopular yeah. opinion for nikki wild dog of the north fans yeah, it, it can be so random one that i have like that is my review that i did like four years ago of the movie rango which was i'm not a <laughs> i'm not a big fan of i don't i really like it and uh and i tried my best to explain it i mean i think i'm a better writer now than i was then as i would do a better job now 100 same but uh but still it it never fails that every couple weeks i get an angry you're a terrible writer you You have no taste in movies because of my my review of rango i'm like i didn't even know this movie had such fans like what is happening yeah but uh, i guess it won an oscar so you know that's why i say i'm like if you like it that's great I just didn't like it. Uh, yeah. What about you, Wendy Lee? What's one that you guys had that was 
Uh, I feel like uh, living in the YouTube world, it's just a 50-50 shot. You can like something. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't ever review a movie and be like, how is the audience going to take my opinion? Like, I don't yeah. ever go from that approach because I think that's the wrong one. Like, I'm, I'm talking about the movie, how the movie was for me, right? Um, same as all of you. So it's like, I'm not trying to try to please anybody, uh, you know, like by stating an opinion, it's just my opinion. And this was, and it wasn't even, here's the funny thing. It wasn't even a full-fledged movie review. It was a movie trailer. Oh, it yeah. was a movie trailer. It was the very first trailer for Joker. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is that the second trailer came out, we watched it and we loved it. We watched the movie. I loved it. Uh, it I, I really, really enjoyed it. I haven't been able to watch it a second time because it, it is a bit of an emotional and tough watch uh, for me specifically, uh, since it, it dealt so much with like mental health and, 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 and bullying mm-hmm. and all this stuff that I like sobbed at the end of the movie sitting in the theater where the, the attendant was like, is she okay? And he, she's gonna be fine, just give her a <laughs> 60 seconds and we'll get out of your way so you can clean. So, so, so sorry, so sorry. Um, but for the first trailer, just, there was just something about the beat for this trailer. Nothing about his performance, nothing about the visuals, nothing about that. Yeah. It was just certain specific beat didn't resonate with me. It didn't excite me to see a Joker movie. And also I was coming from, at that time, just hearing that they were going to make a Joker movie, I was kind of like, but do we really need an origin story for the Joker? A lot of the times I don't feel like we need an origin story for a villain. And this goes for any villain, not just the Joker. So I'm not pointing him out. I'm just using Joker as an example. Mm -hmm. Because we love these characters the way they are, the way they have been portrayed in comics or past movies. Um, And sometimes it's like, I already like them where they are in these stories. I don't necessarily feel like I need to go all the way back you know, to, to, to see it. Um, so when I first saw the trailer, that's kind of where my mindset was like, it's like, uh, but what if, I think I partially, I was kind of worried that seeing this movie would change the way I view the Joker, the character that I know. Mm-hmm. I was worried about they would over explain too much about his mm-hmm. origin. Yeah. And it would, I would be like, okay, this is so unnecessary, but why? And then now I'm always going to have this in the back of my mind when I watch any future Batman films that feature Joker. Uh, luckily, that is not the case. I absolutely love the movie. But oh my God, the downvote versus the upvote. I think it was like over a thousand dislikes to maybe 700 mm-hmm. likes. Yeah. And it was just everybody yelling and you don't know anything about, you guys must love, love Marvel. And they go on my Instagram and they see, you know, like, oh, you were at this event for, and it was a Disney event and da 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 and like, oh, you're, you're bought, you're bought. How is that paycheck from Mickey Mouse? I'm like, they don't do that. Nobody, literally nobody do that. And then also at, at the same token, if I talk really great about a DC movie, they're like, oh, you don't know anything. It wouldn't be like that. And I'm like, what, yeah. what? I don't know what you want from me. I say, I like it. I say, I don't like it. I can't please you. Um, so the tra- just- trailer reactions are so funny because they don't really want your reaction. They, they want you (laughs) to just have the same reaction as them. Yeah. They just want you to pair it back your, their reaction. And so I'm like recently for the, um, uh, not this last Wonder Woman, but the one, uh, Wonder Woman trailer before that, I uh, was like, I don't know. I mean, I still didn't love this last one. I, I'm, I'm really excited about the movie. I, cause I loved the first movie. Um, but I'm like, oh, I really am nervous about bringing Steve Trevor back and how they're going to handle mm-hmm. it, which I think is a totally valid concern, right? To mm-hmm. have. And there were so many people who were like, you're going in deciding you're going to hate this movie. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I love <laughs> the first one. Why on earth would I do that? And so guys, <laughs> you can hate a trailer and still love the movie. That's right. So Vice versa, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Courtney, what about you? What's an unpopular opinion that uh, you got a lot of flack for? Mm, I had to think about this one a lot because I try not to read the comments section. Mm-hmm. Um, and this year, especially, I made it my New Year's resolution very much not to read the comments section because nothing ever comes of it. And I don't get hurt by it at all. I think it's funny, actually, when I do <laughs> get like terrible comments. It only makes my skin go like get thicker and it it makes Mm -hmm. me laugh if anything um but I got a lot of flack for uh I didn't like Cabin in the Woods um I didn't like It Follows 
Uh, I loved Ghostbusters, the one from 2016. I remember I got a lot of like ghost bros commenting on when we posted it on Facebook for the site I was writing for, that review for. Uh, like they really went in on like the idiot they just like the idiots came out of the woodwork on that one yeah um, because god forbid women touch their beloved franchise that apparently is for men only um but they were going in more on like the, they always go in on the looks of women versus like actual content of writing because i don't think they can really read and have any reading comprehension at all so they always go in on the looks and they were going in on my editor not particularly on me. Mm -hmm. um, so it's like nothing to really give air about. But the one, the one comment that stuck with me, not in a bad way, but the one that made me laugh was, oh, this woman's probably, your reviewer is probably 25 years old and a lesbian. And I was like, I wish I was 25 years old and a lesbian. Like, that's so cool. Like, I'm neither of those things, but thank you for de-aging me. That made, yeah. that made my day. Um, like, why would that be an insult, though? Like, yeah. Honestly, it is not an insult. Like, that's the coolest thing in the world. So, like, I was like, that. Would, that's probably the best comment I've gotten. But I'll give comments, like, on Twitter for random things. Like, I loved Birds of Prey, but I got a lot of, like, like, men tweeting me like how dare you blah 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 a lot of like just terrible terrible things said um but it was all just block 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 and on um onward when i posted my uh twitter reaction like i got a lot of like really just like men saying disgusting things to me and well, i was onward? like this is onward yeah, a pixar movie it was so random it was like it was really terrible. I don't even want to give it here, but it was like... That's crazy. Oh, it was like really crazy. It was so terrible. Like, I have an ongoing folder on my Facebook page of, like, what it's like to be a female writer in the age of online. And so I post all the bad comments that I get. Um, I've also gotten terrible, like, terrible comments from other women, too, which mm -hmm. I'm like, come on. Uh, just because they didn't like your movie doesn't mean you have to go in on me. Um so I've gotten that too, but I think probably, I think probably the Ghostbusters thing and the Onward Twitter reaction are yeah. the worst things that I've ever gotten, but Onward I liked and I, you know, I posted a positive tweet and I got hate for it and it was like, I don't know what you people want from me, but I'm not giving it to you and just tough shit. Yeah. I mean, you know? it's like you can't win with these people because if you, mm -mm. if you like it, then you're a, you know, you're paid sheep, whatever. Mm -hmm. If you don't like it, then you're biased and you never gave it a chance, uh, <laughs> especially with comic book movies. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I really put off watching Birds of Prey because it came out during Sundance. And so I was super busy anyway. And I, I didn't have a publication that I had to review it for. So I was just like, I'd had such a horrible experience with Shazam the year before that I was just like, mm, I'm going to pass on that for now. But I finally did review it and I finally posted my review and everything. It was, it was enough of a space that it was fine. But, you know, it's, it's just funny because if I like a DC movie, it's, I'm liking the wrong DC movies. Mm -hmm. those ones aren't okay to like like mm -hmm. i like justice league which nobody likes um i thought it was fun i recognize it's not like a good movie but i had fun I with it um and uh and then i i uh i liked um uh wonder woman i loved wonder woman and and then i like birds of prey so but i guess that, was, that, was, that doesn't give me any credibility in the minds of those fans I because I you know you know it's really funny too because some of the the some of the Snyder fans now are, have turned against Shazam now that they have been they they're uh, they've gotten the cut or whatever and it's just so funny because I see them making some of the same arguments that I made that they trolled me super hard on last you know when it came out and now all of a sudden they're saying they're saying the same things that I said you know it's like oh frustrating it's like hypocrisy yeah. i was a marvel tard but you can say it now and you're you're fine and so a yeah marvel tard oh. yeah that's, that's the first time i've heard that terminology I can't handle that. Oh, no. <laughs> 
That's terrible. Yeah, there, was, there, there was a whole uh, Facebook group called F Marvel Tards that like that put out a wow. post saying that they, I needed to get off of Rotten Tomatoes and never review another film again because of my Shazam review. Because I was the first, I was I was the first of three Rotten reviews uh, of it, and I was the only uh, one of the only women. And uh, and so they, yeah, they, and that's when I got a um, mass shooting uh, death threat that I had to turn into the FBI. Oh my God. And, yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, saying that if I ever that's went to another so- screening again, he was going to come with an A45 and he was going to kill everybody. And so, yeah, they had to tell Warner Brothers and they had to, uh, they had to give me an escort to every screening I, that I went to to and from it was nuts <laughs> I'm and, so sorry uh, you had to deal with that wow wow I yeah. hate everything wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and I tried to, to I mean I thought that I had pretty thick skin because I'd been creating content for a decade I thought I could handle anything and then that really threw me wow. uh, to have my family threatened to have mm-hmm. you know my friends fellow critics uh just because I and I didn't hate it I just couldn't go fresh on it like I had some positives that I said but in the world of Rotten Tomatoes if you don't if you don't go fresh then that's all that matters that's all that matters I just don't understand this world of like this movie still exists for people to love and to love independently on their own, no matter what our opinions are, they can still love the movie. We haven't taken the movie away from them. We haven't said you'll never watch this movie if it's up to us. Like never, never have we said anything like that. The movie still exists. They can still love it on their own. Like what's it to them? How does it impact their life? It doesn't. Also, It's a movie. Yeah. <laughs> Pump the brakes, my dude. Like, yeah. it's a yeah. movie. Relax. Yeah. It's not like yeah. I said, I hate your family. Like, mm-hmm. I said I didn't like this movie very much, but it's okay. Mm-hmm. My, yeah. God. my goodness. And oh, I'm so sorry you had to deal <sighs> with that. That's like, horrifying. That's legitimately concerning. Well, yeah. It's been, it's been very therapeutic to do these, uh, these panels and to to hear everybody else's stories and i mean because i know like christy lemire she she had a really bad because of her review for dark knight rises and mara mm-hmm. reinstein for aquaman she got death threats from it and it's just daniel solzman for joker uh she had to warn her family and because they were getting she was getting so many uh she had to go all private and she's getting wow. so much hate and you're just like it's just crazy and uh and i i just think that what has happened is that people have created and it's not just a movie studio it's their tribe it's their identity and so if you are critical of something that's part of their tribe and then you are criticizing who they are and and it's it's almost akin to criticizing their religion or something like that and maybe even worse and i think we had this in sports for a long time with this is my team this is who i am but the thing about sports is sports has clear winners and losers so you can criticize it and be like well they lost so <laughs> whereas like with movies you don't have a clear winner and loser so there's nothing mm-hmm. that so so it's just it just becomes super toxic yeah. I mean, I know a lot of a lot of people had that with Last Jedi, uh, too. Um, the uh, that a lot of people who I mean, I didn't care for the Last Jedi, but I feel like it was just super toxic on both sides. No mm-hmm. matter, there was like no opinion you could have on that movie. Yeah. Either way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think Joker is another one that was very polarizing toxic, for sure. Polarizing. Um, you're lucky, Jess, that you. I mean, <laughs> I definitely still get mean. Co- like people have told me, trigger warning yeah. to kill myself. So oh like, I've definitely Ugh. had that. And obviously, I get the like, yeah. you know, you're fat, you're ugly. Yeah. You know, you get all that yeah, all the they, time. They go straight for the for straight yeah. for the looks. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. no. Like, yeah. Um, that always makes me laugh. I'm like, are you kidding me right now? Do you think that that's going to hurt my feelings? You think also, that- do you think I'm unaware? <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> thank you for telling me. I had no idea. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> I just think that's funny. Yeah. Uh, have you had it, Jess, have you had any of the like big name Disney movies that you didn't like? Like a, um, any of the Renaissance or something like that? So I definitely have Disney movies. I don't, so I have, okay. So Peter Pan, I've never, I don't like Peter mm-hmm. Pan. I just, yeah. I gave it a pretty okay review, but I don't like Peter Pan. I'm not a fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't, uh, another, I didn't hate the Black Cauldron. And like everyone mm-hmm. hates the Black Cauldron. I didn't hate that. I think mm-hmm. Lion King 2 is better than the Lion King. And people come me all the time for that. That's a big take. That is a big take. These were the unpopular opinions I came <laughs> with. And I was like, oh, it's got to be a review I've put out. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, I think, I, I think Beauty and the Beast is overrated. I love Beauty and the Beast, but I think people go a bit hard for beauty and the beast when you know mm-hmm. there's some issues in that film yeah but uh i can i can i can see that well let's real quick before we go i wanted to give each of you a chance to talk about a review or a video or whatever that you're really proud of that you really love and uh and so for me uh one of my favorites was my review i did of song of the sea which is an animated film that i love uh by director tom moore and uh and i actually got to interview tom moore this was years later um and after i after i finished the the review i um I, I, I had cried in the review because it was the first time I'd ever cried on my YouTube channel. And because um, my cousin had passed away and her, her um, little boy had spoken at her funeral and the movie is all about a little boy dealing with the loss of his mother. And so it really hit me personally when I watched Song of the Sea. And so I, I recorded my review and uh, it's, it's actually a really like the quality and everything is really bad. Um, you can barely hear what I'm saying. It's not a great, technically a great review, but the heart was there. And, uh, and I guess they, they found it and they passed it kind of around the studio there. It's at a at cartoon salon there in Ireland and everybody, you know, watched my review and really liked it. And that made me feel so good. And, you know, just to encourage these small animators who are making these films, you know, that it was really cool. And then to get to talk to him and, and hear him tell me that my review meant something to him as the director, that was just such a cool, cool experience. So that, that's definitely one of my favorites. Uh, but what about you, Wendy Lee? I would say the review I'm most proud of I was going to say Wonder Woman because I love that movie so much and I just mm-hmm. had so much fun talking about that review but I actually decided to talk about it was the very first movie review we put up on the movie couple channel and that was for the amazing Spider-Man 2 and just I think the kind of anxiety we had and being nervous about sitting down in front of a camera to kind of give our opinions to a camera and you know it was just like it felt awkward but we also felt a sense of accomplishment after having done that and then kind of watching it back and see what kind of like a just janky setup we had then I think we filmed it on like a phone you know like it was the quality and the sound wasn't the best and and our thoughts obviously were not very together and very concise but it was the first one out there because not the first review ever it's just first of ours the first time we ever did did a review and it was just kind of you know we kept on planning to do okay well this next one this next one this next one we kept on putting it off and actually talking about review and we're like what are we doing we should just sit down and do it. And then we'll learn from our mistakes because we, if you keep not doing it, then you're never going to have a channel. Mm-hmm. So I'm just so proud that we actually, like we did it and years later, we're still here chucking away. That's great. Uh, Courtney, what about you? Mm, I have a couple. Um, uh, it all kind of shifts too, because some of the sites that I used to write for have now sort of disappeared, but I loved writing about my review for Gone Girl at one of the sites uh, that has since gone bust. Um, my favorite r- movie that I've been able to write about is uh, The Last uh, Mission Impossible. I think that mm-hmm. my writing on that turned out really well. That's on freshfiction.tv if you wanted to look at it. Um, 
So Mission Impossible Fallout, I liked my review of that. And um, I also liked my review of, there's a movie called Good Girls Get High that played the LA Film Festival. That was one of my first assignments for Variety as a freelancer. And uh, I wrote it up and, you know, you, when you write things up or you talk about the movies, you don't really think of where it's going to go and who's going to be watching it or who's going to be paying attention to it. And uh, the director saw it and um, she was, she sent me this lovely email over Twitter or over um, Instagram saying how much she appreciated my review and my thoughtful words that I had said and that it just really impacted her. And I was like, wow, like, it's nice to hear from a filmmaker that like, what I said about her movie. And um, so that was really nice. And then she got a second job and she was like, I got this job because of the nice things that you said in Bridie. And I was like, I don't know if she's being facetious or if like, if I actually made a difference in getting a female director a job, like that's pretty cool to me. That's like great. I feel wow. like that's pretty daunting. Um, but I'm glad to have like helped and sort of boosted her voice and given her a platform to say, hey, this female director is worth your time and effort. So those are the two big reviews that um, I think have sort of impacted me and sort of shifted the way I've written and gotten people's attention. So love that. That's great. What about you, Jess? What's one that you love? Um, so probably one that I'm most proud of, like, technically speaking, and, like, everything just, like, hit the right mark is my review for The Little Mermaid. It was my 300th. It was the three-year anniversary of me doing it, and it's a really long video, but, like, I think I made excellent points about the story while also covering everything about it and then also, like, making my video really entertaining and fun, and people received it well. People really liked my video for that, and I really love that, but a review that I never like thought I would be proud of like I was just like yep here's the review for this one is a film called Tiger Town it was a Disney channel like one of the first Disney channel releases like not a decom but like mm -hmm. one of the first movies released on when Disney originally got a channel and it stars Rory Scheider the dude from Jaws mm -hmm. and uh Alan Shapiro the man who directed that movie found my review and loves it and like put it on his website and was like this is amazing i did two other things with disney and i was like i've watched both of those too this is crazy like he directed <laughs> flipper starring elijah wood that i love and like he's worked with alicia silverstone like it was just like surreal that alan shapiro contacted me on instagram and was like thanks for reviewing my movie and i was like you're what you're oh you're yeah. alan shapiro okay cool. yeah like that's insane so I've come to really be proud of that review just yeah. because like he found it and it made its way to him. So both of those are definitely high up there. That's really cool. That's something we get to do a lot in the, at the Hallmarkies podcast uh, because we're talking to uh, these uh, writers and sometimes uh, actors with small parts in these uh, you know, Christmas movies and things like that. And they don't get a lot of, a lot of praise and other things. And so when we have them on, you know, that they, they kind of have that response of like, wow, you really liked what I did. I'm like, yes, we liked it. It was so fun. So, <laughs> uh, so that's, that's a nice part of the perk of the job is, is they occasionally you get to, you get to boost other people and make them feel good, hopefully. Um, because that's all part of critical analysis. It's not all just about being negative. It's all about, uh, you know, analyzing all different sides and trying to be a promoter of film as an uh, in general. And so you have to do both sides of it. Uh, and uh, so yeah, I always tell people that to be very suspect of critics that like everything and very suspect of critics that hate everything, uh, because there that's that's not that's not interesting or very reliable to me at least so uh but thank you so much ladies this was really fun i had a thank great you. time talking with you all and so uh, why don't you each tell where people can find your content and uh so jess what about you your social media uh, jess lambert 19 on everything instagram twitter facebook and most importantly youtube got a patreon all that good stuff jess lambert 19 i'm reviewing every disney movie ever Yes. All right, Wendy Lee, what about you? 
You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Wendy Lee Zaney. On YouTube, it's just The Movie Couple. So type that in and you should, should not have any problem finding us. We have an Instagram for The Movie Couple too, but I really don't post as much on that. So. <laughs> Great. And Courtney? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lula Maybell. That's where I Great. And that'll all be in the description section. Be sure you all following them. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. So check that out. And also, I'm at the Hallmarkies podcast, and we are getting ready for Christmas, if you can believe it. Uh, <laughs> we're going to basically start our Christmas coverage at the beginning of, we're going to be doing our preview shows at the beginning of October. So we're big in planning right now. And uh, we're really excited about it. So make sure that you're following us over there. So thanks so much. I really appreciate all of you for doing this. Thank you. And uh, let us know in the comments uh, your thoughts on all the different things we talked about. I would love to hear your thoughts. And uh, thanks again. And we'll talk to you all later. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Thank you.